Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. There are many different paths you can take. But there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on BatteryPower.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. You can follow me over on Twitter at Leprechaun with a K, where I be I definitely be complaining quite a bit about the major league team right now, but also get, I also try to give as many updates on what's going on in the. Uh, minor league world as well. Joining me after a one-week hiatus, after not feeling particularly well last week, you can follow my co-host over on Twitter at BravesMILB. One Garrett Spain joins me and returns this week. Garrett, how are you, my man? Man, I am doing good, ready to get back to talking baseball. Yeah, I, I, I've done solo shows before, uh, but I, I don't think I've ever done R2A solo. Uh, I've had the guests where like I've interviewed and all that stuff. I haven't had either you or Grav, Matt, you know, or Wayne. The, doing the solo show was definitely a little bit weird because I, I think that the the banter back and forth is something that I've, one I've just gotten really used to, and two I think brings a lot to it. Like it kind of leads us down rabbit holes. So it was definitely strange just to sort of be talking with myself. So I'm glad that you're back. Um, it's uh, you know especially considering that you know we have a lot of really interesting things to talk about this week. Now before we kind of get into what our normal format is, where we go through each level and we talk about you know the key guys that have been performing well or not performing well, we're going to talk a little bit about the young guys at the major league level, whether they be they're still prospects or that they've maybe just recently graduated. We still want to kind of keep tabs on those guys for a little while just so folks can keep an eye on, you know, kind of the, the young up and comers in the game for the Braves. So talk to us a little bit what's been going on in the major leagues. Yeah. So a bit of a surprise. I mean, you said you called it an R2A. I actually, I didn't listen last week. I'm not going to lie, but uh, no offense, but uh, I didn't listen last week, but William Woods made his debut, major league debut um, after like, what, like three innings at the minor level. And he looked fantastic at the minor leagues. He looked solid at the major league level. I mean, his stuff has really worked a lot better out of the bullpen so far, and I'm interested to see kind of how he develops this year. I think he's a guy that you'll see – we will see him later this year again. This is not the last time that he's going to be at the major league level. Uh, but I do think he needs more time at AAA. Still, he looks good. Uh, Bryce Elder, uh, just 
never the command just hasn't really been there this year the way that we kind of expected it, it, he hasn't adjusted so far this year and it's a little bit concerning it's just something that he'll have to go back to AAA and work on and he's not quite at the point that we thought he was readiness wise and that happens sometimes I don't think that either of us have soured too much on him but you know we're not seeing his stuff isn't quite where it was last year yet and he's not quite as sharp so it's going to be interesting to see how that develops going forward. Kyle Muller got a spot start. Didn't look very good. That didn't surprise me much. I just don't think his numbers looked very good at AAA this year. I just don't think that he's made enough progress there for me to think that he was going to come up and magically be better. It was a spot start. I think he needs that full season at AAA, not bouncing up and down. Just give him a full season, let him ride at AAA. I think he'll be fine after that. You know, I mean, there's still reliever risk there, but I don't, he was not ready for the major league level and he just struggled in his last start and that's fine. But on the good side at the major league level, uh, Spencer Schreider continues to look great. Um, he looked really good his last time. I, I mean, you know, I think at this point with the way the fifth starter spot is going, I think he has to be the next guy up. I mean, you could also maybe put Tucker Davis in there, but I mean, at this point, Strider is the only one that's consistently put good innings together at the major league level. I think at this point he kind of will they, I don't know, but they should consider giving him that spot, that start, that spot in the rotation very soon. You know, I don't know that he's quite based on the role that he's pitched in. I don't know if he's ready to, you know, go five or six innings every time out, but kind of build him up a little bit and have a guy in the, bullpen kind of like Jackson Stevens that you can tack on to the back end of it and give him a few innings. Stevens has looked very good as well. Um, in his, you know, couple of appearances, he's done well. Um, and then William Contreras is up for right now. Uh, just with Manny Pena on the IL, I kind of unfortunate there, you know, that we want him in the lineup every day at triple A getting at bats and that's what he needs for his development. But right now, the major league team needs a backup catcher and he's their only option. So he hit two home runs in his game in Texas. Uh, and then yesterday he played and hit the ball really hard, even though he didn't get, he didn't get any hits. He hit the ball really hard. He's hitting, I mean, absolute missiles right now. It's just whether they fall or not, it's kind of hit or miss, but he's hitting the ball really hard. He always has at the major league level. And so that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch where his bat goes. I still do think he needs again this full season at AAA, but as long as the guys keep getting injured, he gets for get keeps getting forced into action, and it kind of makes that you know path a little bit tricky to walk. Yeah, for me, I'm I know that Mueller's numbers have looked reasonably good, but the command numbers have been a little bit concerning. He's definitely still walking too many guys, even at AAA. And you know, again, the, the Braves are kind of in a bit of a spot where they're kind of committed to the six man rotation and spacing out guys in a very specific sort of way, and just the way that things lined up, they couldn't. They, they, with the doubleheader tomorrow and all this other stuff, they kind of had to pitch Muller. He, he's going to have to start showing the ability to command the strike zone and actually make more efficient, like more efficient, like at bats against guys and, you know, like actually like be able to put them away. He's good at getting two strikes. He's not good at putting guys away. And, you know, and his start the other day, he just like, he said that he felt like he was around the strike zone. I 
couldn't dis- I couldn't disagree more. He was all over the place, and I just don't think that he had his command that day at all. Uh, he was particularly bad. Elder, I think, was not missing by much. Um, I, I do think that the time in AAA is going to do him good. I think that, you know, especially working with Mike Morosso, I think very highly of, just being able to work with him, just be able to refine that command a little bit, kind of get back to where he was, because he's not the, he's just not that guy. He's never been that guy in the, mi- the minor leagues. Now, granted, we're not talking about a particularly large sample size of starts in the minor leagues. He's never been that guy that walks a ton of guys. And in the major leagues, he just walked way too many. So I'm wondering, you know, if there's just something not quite right with his mechanics, maybe not quite right with his release. You know, just, again, he's just feeling things out. I know that there's, you know, some questions about what's going on with the baseball in the major leagues and whether or not that's impacting guys and how they're able to command their pitches normally. Curious as to kind of how that plays out and, you know, what adjustments he can make at AAA. But I have a lot of confidence that he's going to be just fine. I, I'm I'm not concerned about him. He he, he, especially considering that other than like, he was never really like a, a catastrophic reason why the Braves lost games. Uh, he definitely didn't help his own cause at times, but I think that he can be that guy that can be a fifth starter, you know, on this, on this team this year. But again, some good, some time in AAA just to, out away from the limelight, not under the you know, microscope while this team is trying to figure things out. Major leagues just to sort of get, get worked out, get that command refined back and kind of get back to where he was. I, I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, with William Woods, I really do like that arm quite a bit. Uh, I was happy that they made made him into a reliever finally. The, the starter experiment was always a little bit weird to me. He just felt like a relief arm from the get-go, but has looked good in the major leagues. You know, again, a couple base runners, but other than that, you know, was able to get big strikeouts and able to get big outs when he needed them. Didn't give up any runs. Uh, I will say that we're probably going to see, he's going to definitely, I think he's going to be the 27th man tomorrow. Uh, the reports from Justin Toscano from the AJC were that he is with the team in New York and they have not announced the 27th man for the doubleheader. And it seems like, you know, you put two and two together and it sounds like he's going to be with the team. So at least for tomorrow, he'll be hanging around. I am highly confident that he'll be back with the team. I don't think there's enough relief arms that the Braves have, especially in terms of long relief too. He's a guy that can throw multiple innings. He's a little bit too valuable just to not have, you know, back up in the team. And now that he's on the 40-man roster, and once you get called up that first time and you use that option, then you're going to be an option for the rest of the year. And I would not be surprised if we see him popping in and out uh, at the very least over the course of the year, if not being able to submit the spot in the in the bullpen over the course of the year. So, Garrett, that brings us to Triple A Gwinnett, which was uh, – I wouldn't call it a particularly exciting week uh, at Triple A Gwinnett. A lot of weird, a lot, a lot of games that were like high scoring, but you know it was kind of like you know like one hit there, one hit there, one hit here, one hit there. You know, a bunch of kind of not particularly great baseball being played, but they kind of stitched together some wins at the very least. So talk to us a little bit about the top guys uh, at, at Gwinnett and how they're doing. Um, we saw both Wascarino and Tukichisant make starts this week. Um, you know, it was solid. That was this was Sunday. Uh, was his first, he might have also started on Tuesday, and I can't actually remember now. No, he only started on Sunday this week. I think he started Sunday both of the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Sunday, he was fine. I mean, he struck out six guys over six innings, only allowed a run. You know, in general, I don't – it's not a thing where he's gone down there and already made changes. He just had a good outing. He's going to have good outings. He's going to have bad outings. He looked really good. Uh, it's just about consistently making that progress for him. I still think he's a reliever long term, but – if he continues to make progress, he will probably get another shot this year just with kind of the um, uncertainty at the back end of the rotation. As for a guy that I don't think is going to get a shot this year, that's Tuki Toussaint. Um, he pitched one time out of relief last week or the week before, but he started this week. And he was, I mean, he was okay. 
but he, you know, the command just wasn't there and you know, he got, you know, he was able to escape, but it just wasn't a very good start. And he's a guy that if he is going to be a starter, which I am very, very, very doubtful of at this point, it's going to be like Kyle Wright where they just give him the whole year at AAA and say, let's see what happens with you. Um, I don't see him as a starter long term at this point. The command just hasn't ever made that step forward. And at this point, it's probably not going to, and, you know, as a jump ball kind of, you know, middle relief guy, I think he could be fine. Uh, I just don't, you know, unfortunately that just happens with these guys. They get up to the level and it doesn't work out. And I think that that's kind of the situation with Tuki. I think that he can be a valuable major leaguer, just not necessarily a valuable starter. Um, offensive end was better news. Um, Braden Shoemake, uh, you know, I've been uh, on him a bit about drawing walks. Well, he drew walks in three straight games, which yeah, he was good last week. I, I mean, that's really good. You know, seeing that approach, he's definitely you can see him kind of. You know, he came back from the back injury, but it seemed like that just kind of set him back a little bit. And whether he was actually still dealing with pain or whether it was just you take a week off and it's hard to get back, you can see him starting to slowly round back into form. And he looked really good this uh, last week. He had home run up. Very that, long that home, home run. Yeah, that, that ball was obliterated. I do not <laughs> he, know where it landed. He, neither did the cameraman because he was all over the place. Uh, he looked really good last week. You know, the defense is still fan, superb. I mean, he's looked really good this year. You know, it's been in and out. He hasn't been like consistently a star at that level, but he's a lot better than he was at double A last year. And he's given me enough confidence to say, you know, that's a guy that, you know, legitimately will get a shot to prove himself. You know, next year, um, you know, obviously the Dansby Swanson situation's uh, still a bit of a up in the air, but he, he will get a shot. He will get a shot at some point to get onto the major league roster next year. I would assume. Uh, right now, it's not going to be this year at any point, but he he's made a quite a bit of progress, and he continues to make progress. Uh, the other bat that was interesting was Grayson Janista. Uh, he's he put the ball in play quite a bit actually last week. Um, threw a bunch of walks. Got a bunch of hits, uh, but he's still striking out a ton. Um, the power is legit. I mean, he hits the ball a long way and he can hit it out consistently. Uh, it's just, and I think he's not necessarily good defensively, but he has enough versatility where you can stick him in left field and feel like, eh, he's not going to kill you out there. Uh, I was, I was about to say, I, I think that calling him good defensively was a, is good. Uh, okay, I'm comparing him to Drew Lugbauer here. Okay, in my head, I'm comparing him to Drew Lugbauer. He's a little bit better than Lugbauer. <laughs> You're comparing him to a first <laughs> Got it. Okay, Understood. Offensive, offensive profiles. Offensive profiles here. Guy that can hit for a lot of power. Gonna strike out a lot. You know, he's striking out 33% of the time. That's not gonna do it. it he's never gonna make it to the major level if he keeps doing that. You know, if he can get that down into the, you know, the 27, 28% level. You know, I think that that's a guy that you could look at with his power as a bench bat at the major league level. He's looked fine this year overall. His numbers overall this year are good. I don't, I don't know that he's necessarily like changed my opinion of him at all, but I am, he's handling AAA a little bit better than I expected at this point, which is a good sign. And hopefully he starts to hit, he's hit, you know, last week he struck out less than he had before. And hopefully that's kind of a trend he can continue and going forward, if he can cut down on those strikeouts some, then, then that's a guy that you look at as a piece that could be valuable to the team in the future. Yeah, I will say with Janista that the hit tool has been significantly better than I thought it was going to be at AAA. Now, I don't think that the jump from AAA to AA uh, 
or, or vice versa. I don't think the difference between those two leagues is very much anymore just because of how promotions happen these days. Like when guys, guys are pretty much, if they, if they do well in double A, a lot of times they're, they, the time they spend in triple A is literally just for service time manipulation. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the guys who end up in triple A, a lot of are quad A types, uh, which compare, I think favorably to, you know, the, the, maybe the top third of talent in double A in, in a lot of respects. So I think that, I was worried that he was going to just really struggle with the hit tool. We know he can hit the ball a long way. Now, I, I will say that we haven't like kind of seen that homer barrage that we was on that like, first week of the season. But, you know, he, we know he can hit the ball a long way. That's not something I'm concerned about. He's, he's drawing walks. He's getting on base. Uh, the strikeouts are going to be concerned though. And I don't, I, I think that there's a chance that he may be, he'll be a bench, a bench outfielder. Uh, maybe a, maybe like a DH on a bad team or something like that. It's just, he's not a particularly exciting offensive player right now. Other than when like he's really dialed in and that he's, he's particularly streaky. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you on Shoemaker. I think he had a, like it looked really good this week. Just the approach was better. Just seemed like he was more kind of get, got his timing back and his eye at the plate was better. Just seemed like he was swinging at the right pitches. As for Enoa and Tuki, those are both guys that I'm basically off of. Um, I've, I've long been saying that, you know, Enoa is a reliever and the, the continued insistence of trying to make him work as a starter again, I know he had that good half for, for the Braves, but the, the, the vast majority of his career has been very inconsistent. It's either they can, he's pitching off that, that fastball with this, with that slider really effectively, or he's just actively bad. It's, there's actually not much in between, but he has to really command both those pitches and really kind of be deceiving guys to do that. And it's a lot harder to do in the major leagues. And in Tukey's case, he's just had so many opportunities in both roles as a reliever or as a starter. And I, I know that a guy with that much arm talent, you can't just, you don't want to necessarily just give up on him. But at some point, he, he's going to have to put together a run of actual dominance, not like bring, not like, 12 base runners in five innings and he just like somehow gets away with only giving up a couple runs actually like really dominating for me to think that he needs to be like at the major leagues because when he's in the major leagues, his stuff doesn't play up as much and the command doesn't play up as is, is, is worse than what we see in AAA almost always. So he's got to actually be really, really good for me to have any amount of confidence whatsoever to uh, see him, see him come up with the major leagues again because he's just had so many opportunities and frankly he squandered a lot of them uh we go to mississippi where we have a little bit of injury news both good and bad uh, uh as well as um probably the most exciting week we've seen from a minor league player so far this season i think uh, or at least one that's excited us the most there's certainly been some guys who've had some really good weeks but uh one player in particular whose name will be quite familiar to our listeners uh was really really good this week uh and a, co- a couple of guys have good we saw some decent pitching. We saw some really good hitting this week. So talk to us a little bit about Mississippi. Uh, yeah, the worst news by a long shot, uh, Jesse Franklin is on the IL, the seven-day IL. We don't really know what happened. Uh, he played one day, and then the next day it was he wasn't in the lineup for a couple days, and it was like, oh, he's on the injured list. And no one's really sure what happened. Uh, we never saw anything in a game, so hopefully it's just kind of he tweaked something warming up, and that's all it is, you know. We never get much information on these injuries. If we do, it's very deep into the process typically. So we probably won't hear anything about him until he just shows back up on the roster one day. Uh, but unfortunately, he's in the IL. But good news was Victor Vodnik was activated from the IL. Uh, we were concerned about him. It's good to see that he got back fairly quickly. Um, he is pitching out of the bullpen right now. 
that could be a thing where they're working him back, but I would assume that they're pitching him out of the bullpen full time, uh, which I As think we'll, we, be. I think we both agree that that's the right decision for him long term. And I think that that's a guy that legitimately with his arm talent, I mean, that's a guy that could contribute late this year or next or early next year. I mean, out of the bullpen, that's one of the better arms in the system, if not the best bullpen arm in the system right now. Uh, there's a lot of talent there and I'm interested to see kind of, he's looked really good out of the bullpen. I'm interested to see if the command plays up a little bit out of the bullpen and how he is able to maintain the consistency because where he struggled as a starter was with his command and being able to pitch deep into games. And he was really good as a reliever with Rome. I'm interested to see what he can do because I think that that's a guy that can move quickly. Um, on the offensive end, we're going to – I'm going to skip over the one guy right now because I think we got a lot to say. So we want to kind of save that to the end. Um Luke Waddell is hitting really well. He struggled to start the year and he's really starting to turn the ball, turn it around. He's hitting a lot. He had 11 hits last week. He's just hitting the ball over the place. He's not striking out a ton. That's a guy that's got a, you know, a utility future that can be pretty valuable for a team. Uh, he can play defensively all over the infield. He can hit the ball well. You know, there's not a lot of power. He did hit a home run last week, but there's not a lot of power there. Overall though, he hits the ball a lot. And if you can hit typically the, <laughs> it, was a, it was a big home run and probably of the guy. And the, the two biggest home runs, well, two of the bigger home runs that were hit by Mississippi least last week were by two of the least likely guys to hit home runs. And the next guy is who you're talking about next. I couldn't believe he got one out. Oh, yeah. Riley Delgado hit a home run. Uh, he's hit the ball really, really well. You know, he's not a guy that's going to hit for a lot of power. He's not going to – he's a guy that's probably not going to make the major league level. Um, you know, if he does, it's a guy that comes up as a defender off the bench, and that's kind of it. He's a very good defensive player. Um, he can play all over the infield and he puts the ball in play a lot. He just doesn't walk a lot, doesn't hit from any power. And that's kind of, it's just hard to survive with that, um, unfortunately. But we do like Delgado, you know, as a player and he's a guy that has a lot of value in the minor leagues and was a guy that you can move around and play, get a lot of positions and fill holes with rushes at the minor league level. Drew Love Bauer, he had three home runs last week. Uh, the dude hits the ball a long way and it's kind of, there's a lot of guys that they're trying to get in the lineup with the AAA level, and so it kind of makes it hard for him. But there is a point where he's going to have to get a shot at the AAA level because he's – Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely in the He's hitting a lot of home runs right now. Um, on the pitching side, uh, Darius Vines didn't look very good last week. You know, he's you – know, we were concerned whether the fastball would play well enough at AA, and right now it's not, and he's getting hit hard, and that's a concern that he's well, going to have to work that, on. That, that, he hasn't been That was as, one start, though, yeah. Yeah, I mean, his first couple, he, he really, he's really only had, and this is very atypical for him. He only had really one good start in terms of his command, and otherwise he has not been very good. Um, and so it's kind of just gonna be seeing whether that comes back this year. He, he can't survive without his command, and he has shown very good command in his past, so I'm not too concerned, but, he does need to show better command. The guy that has shown better command is Jared Schuster. I mean, he looks like a complete. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, you know, he's really hitting that glove side corner very, very well inside on right-handed batters, outside on left-handed batters, and he's dotting that corner with his fastball. And that's, you know, he gave up one home run last week, and that's kind of what happens when the ball drifts in the zone for him. But other than that, I mean, when he's hitting his corners and he can get to that off-speed stuff, you know, if he's hitting his corners, getting ahead, and can get to the off-speed stuff, he's a really dangerous pitcher, and he's done very, very well to do that so far this year. Um, Alaron Hell had a much better week. Uh, you could, he couldn't be worse, frankly, uh, than he had been in the past few weeks. He actually commanded the ball a little bit well. I mean, 
overall, he's a guy that I don't think we see as too much of a prospect, but he is on the 40 man roster. Um, I mean, he was up to 90, he's up to 97 with this fastball overall. I mean, he's fine as a pitcher. I just don't know if the Arsenal is deep enough. I don't think the Arsenal is deep enough for him to start. It's a question of whether, for me, whether he'll be able to play out of the bullpen. Um, Freddie Tarnock command was just, it hasn't been good this year so far. You know, he started to see, make some progress at the end of last year. And a lot of that's kind of regressed a little bit this year. Um, again, this is a small sample, and this is a guy that we knew had command problems, so it's not entirely surprising to see him struggle. But he definitely hasn't been as good these last few weeks. Uh, he got hit a little bit this week, and that's just you know part of that process with him. You know, it's going to be up and down for him. And where he was last year, he was spectacular, but he can't be that all the time. And we're going to have to just kind of see how he handles those struggles going forward. So on to the guy that we – are going to spend some time on Michael Harris had so good an absurd week. So, I mean, we've been talking about this for years for a couple of years now, if he turns on the ball, he is going to start hitting the ball a long way and he's going to start doing it consistently. And he started turning on the ball last week. I mean, he hit the first ball of the series line drive off the wall, the next, or it wasn't the first ball of the series. It was like the second game. Whatever. He had a line drive off the wall. Next at bat, he had a tank. You know, every, you know, he hit two home runs on Sunday. Every single ball he's hit has been absolutely scorched last week. Uh, he's crushing the ball better than really any prospect we've seen other than, I actually looked at the numbers. The only guy that we've seen that hit, that has hit better than him at the AAA level is Austin Riley. I, I mean, he's crushing the ball. Uh, you mean double A? At double A, yeah, I'm sorry, double A level. Um, He's covering the inside. You know, I, I had mentioned that he had struggled some of the inside corner. Well, at least two of his home runs last week came on balls on the inside corner that he turned on. And that's – if that's the step that he's making right now, it's it's on. Like, he, he's going to go a long way very, very quickly. You know, the only thing that he struggled with a little bit is left-handed pitching. And really it hasn't been a matter of, you know, the contact – it's a small sample and the contact hasn't been all that great. Uh I'm not particularly concerned about that. He doesn't look like – lost at the plate it's just a thing where he struggled a little bit and that happens with lefties that a lot of times when they get to double a they're kind of seeing better curveballs for the first time but that's the only real like tiny thing that you can say because i mean he is he's killing the ball at the plate he's playing he's faster than he was last year he's still on a bunch of bases he's hitting a lot of home runs he's playing great defense i mean he's done everything he's done everything and at this point you know, you know i'll throw it to you on this we talked about this we both agree that he we would call him up to triple a right now if we had the choice um you know i think the conversation now is when do we see that from them i think he'll probably get another couple of weeks but if he keeps like if he has another week like this i don't think that the Braves are gonna have much of a choice because he is just better than everybody that he's facing right now. I mean, it's he is the best player on the field, and it's not partic- it was not particularly close last week. Like, he was just an absolute menace in every single facet of the game. Yeah, we haven't really seen uh, an offensive player kind of do what he's starting to do at Mississippi. Other, like, Austin certainly had a decent had a decent, decent run in Mississippi, and obviously when Acuna was there, he went absolutely wild, right? But... The issue that I think the Braves are going to have are, is going to be logistical, and I could understand not promoting him to AAA simply because, one, you're, they're going to be have to activate Drew Waters soon. 
Uh, and I, mean, I guess you could put him at double A instead, uh, which would open a lot of eyes. But he's looked pretty good in his relief uh, appearances down in Rome. I, I the, the the issue is just kind of like, are you really going to start you know cutting guys from your minor league roster this early in the season to make room for both Waters and Harris at triple A? When the reality is, is that putting Harris at triple A doesn't make him realistically closer to making getting a major league call up if he's if he's doing this at double a he'd probably be doing this very something very similar to this at triple a uh it would only be proximity to the big league club and if they really felt the need to call him up i think that they would still make that decision whether he was at double a or triple a if that makes any sense so if in in that regard you know what does he gain from a promotion from triple a versus you know actually having like cut guys and all the stuff really early in the season i would sort of understand it based on purely just what the eye test tells tells us is that he's very ready for triple a he's he's exhibiting all five tools he's a really really good defender out there in center field he's not as good as pache was but i mean there's a reason why this guy won a minor league gold glove <laughs> for uh for his work in center field he's really strong arm covers a lot of ground takes really good routes he's stealing a ton of bases he walks the ball the other way he he has i've been saying this for a long time people like compare him to you know, like these light hitting outfielders. And I'm like, you don't understand the kind of raw power this kid, this guy has. And he has hit some absolute tanks this week, hit like multiple balls over 110 miles an hour off the bat, you know, many more over a hundred miles an hour. He's just hitting the ball really, really hard. You know, some of the off-speed stuff, look, if sometimes a good off-speed, good off-speed pitches beat everybody. And he hasn't looked particularly vulnerable in that regard. Um, when you, when you put up, you know, 161 WRC plus over the course of a week, that gets our attention, hitting two home runs in the same game. He's not striking out a whole lot. He's just, he's been very, very good. Uh, I was really happy to see what we saw from Luke Waddell. Uh, the four game, the four hit game and the five hit game both, uh, inflated things quite a bit, but at the same time, he's definitely looked a lot better at the plate and he's becoming an important part of that Mississippi offense. Uh, good to see Riley Delgado continuing to perform well. Again, the, the tool set for him, he's a really good defender and he puts the ball in play, but there's, he, it's, he doesn't swing a particularly uh, heavy bat, I should say, and you know there's no impact most of the time anyway. So I, I, I would love to see him kind of work his way into a bench role somewhere at some point, but he, the age is starting to catch up on him too. He was drafted when he was already pretty already older, so he, time is all but run out on him. But he's a, a guy that I re, again I'm with you really like having in the system. He's just a guy that just is a gamer. He he. If he, he, I could see him playing in Triple A in five years, uh, occasionally getting a call up for an injury or whatever, because he's a guy who's not going to embarrass you in the field, um, and you're not particularly excited to have him at the plate, but you know he's going to at least put the ball in play. Uh, I still like Darius Vines a lot. I, I think again, there's just been kind of some weird st- weirdness with just command from most guys in general, and what Jared Schuster's doing this year has been unreal. The, I, I said that either he has got to get his fastball either a tick higher. Um, in terms of velo, or he's got to really command the crap out of it to get that, those secondaries to work. Because the changeup is one of the best pitches in the system. And if he's really locating that fastball and he's getting bad swings or the hitters are getting bad looks at it, that changes everything on his outlook. It truly does. Because then all of a sudden the changeup is and the, the breaking ball are both like really scary for because that, you can't sit on anything. He's not he's not making mistakes over the middle of the plate. And if he if he feels really comfortable living to those corners and then being able to work off that off speed stuff, then you know he he could do. He could do some good stuff, uh, to be sure. Uh, he, he's kind of one of those guys who's trending up for me, uh, in a, in a fairly significant way, honestly. Uh, before we get on to Rome and close that out with Augusta, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Rome. It is time to talk about our Rome Braves, and Gary, this is kind of like our home, almost our hometown team. Uh, we've been covering uh, Rome for so long now, and this is a weird Rome team because, like, on paper, I, I, they shouldn't be as good as they've been, and they've been really good. <laughs> um, and you know, they've been winning a bunch of games, you know, and sometimes in unlikely fashion and sometimes in absolutely dominant fashion. So talk to us a little bit about what's been going on with Rome, uh, the good and the bad. Yeah, I mean, last week uh, the offense was going off for them uh, in a couple games. Um, I mean, that offense right now is kind of going through Landon Stevens, uh, which I don't Just think like we all was, predicted. I don't think anybody would have saw that coming, but I mean, you know, He's, you know, we talked about Janice earlier, and he's kind of like that. He strikes out a ton, but he draws a ton of walks. He hits the ball a long way when he hits him, and he's limited defensively. And that's the kind of guy, you know, the Braves tend to stash a few of those players where if one of them just randomly figures out to hit one day, suddenly you look like a genius. I mean, Stevens looked, has looked really, really good. Um, again, that's a situation where you, I, doesn't really matter how good he looks, where are you going to play him? You know, Lugbauer's playing first at, you know, double A. There's a lot of infielders there, so it's not, you know, good thing about Stevens, he can play a little bit of left field. Um, but overall, I mean, he's limited defensively, and if he hits even a little bit, he'll be fine because he can hit the ball a long way. Uh, we just don't really have a lot of faith in that, faith in that hit tool. A guy we do have the faith in the hit tool is Vaughn Grissom, and he looked a lot better last week than he had been. He had been in a little bit of a slump, a little bit of a downturn, and then uh, he hit a couple home runs last week, and he's turning the ball. He's hitting the ball really, really hard right now, and, I mean, that's just what he does. You know, I, I question how well the power is going to play long term, but there is absolutely no doubt that he can put the ball in play, he can put the ball in play hard, and he's going to draw walks. He has a good feel for the strike zone. I mean, he's a really, really good hitter. You know, in terms of getting on base, there's not a, you know, Harris is the only guy in the system that's really, you know, in that vein of guys in terms of being able to get on base. He really is good at that. I mean, defensively, you know, we're not so sure yet, but he's better defensively this year in terms of his consistency. He's not making as many errors as he was last year, but he's still, I mean, I'm still not convinced he's sticking a shortstop, but overall, if he hits the way he hits right now, I, and hits for a reasonable amount of power, I mean, they're going to find a spot for him because he's, he's a versatile defender. I mean, he's a guy that can play all over the infield. He's a very athletic guy. I mean, I like Grissom a lot. And I think that what he did last week was a good, was a good step for him in terms of after having struggled really for the first time in his career, he struggled to kind of turn it around and pretty much instantly become like the guy again. Um, but the biggest news is Drew Waters is on a rehab stint and is absolutely hitting rockets which doesn't surprise me i mean 
he's always hit the ball hard. And I mean, it's Rome. Like he could hit it high. We knew he can hit it high. And that's going to be an interesting. Still, one still striking out some though. Yeah. Still striking out some, you know, again, he's been on rehab for a while now, like two months. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird situation for him. You know, it's, it, he's an interesting situation because by all means, he should get a shot before Harris, given that he's on the 40 man, but it just does not feel like the organization has that level of faith in him that they do in Harris for good reason. I mean, Harris is, I mean, a better prospect really in every facet, but you know, Waters just has not hit yet. And it's going to be interesting to see if he does, because if he hits at AAA, you know, there's a spot for him at the matrix level right now. I mean, um, Adam Duval is not playing very well. There's nobody else on that team that can play any amount of defense at all. And if he goes up to triple A, oh, Ronnie can. Right. Well, I mean, uh, let's, he's, let's a, not, let's, he's a given. He's a given. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's be clear about that. Well, right. Ronnie's like, a good defender. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying in terms of like right field is right field. Like that's, that's not going anywhere, but center field and left field are open. So let's, let's, when I'm talking about open positions, I'm talking about center field and left field. If Duvall doesn't turn it around soon and, and Waters hits well at the AAA level, I mean, they're going to give him a look at some point. I mean, they kind of have to because the team has kind of been atrocious in the outfield and he's on the 40 man. There's no reason to not give him a shot if he hits. I'm just unfortunately skeptical that he will hit a AAA level. Um, but he shows flashes of it. In the couple of spring training games we got of him, he showed flashes of it. I'm interested to see how the power plays this year because he I, he's already hit a home run at AAA. I mean, at rehab, he hit a home run in, what, like the second game of spring training. So I'm kind of interested to see where he goes there. But um, Waters are going to be interesting to watch. I would love to see him kind of take that next step this year. The pitching side of things um, – Andrew Hoffman's kind of the guy there right now. Um, seven innings. It wasn't quite as good as he was last week, but overall he got out. Um, and he's a guy that I don't think that he's ready for double A, but I don't think that he's far off of it. I, you know, I'm thinking maybe a month, a couple of months, he may be, if a guy from that level moves up, he could be the next player to get a shot. Dylan Dodd, unfortunately, was a guy I was very high on coming into the year. And I, I question if the stuff is good enough for him to get through a lineup twice. Um, and so right now I don't really see a guy that's anything more than a reliever because he just hasn't, he can't get through a high lineup twice. And if you can't, I mean, the fastball is legit. The changeup is legit, but I don't think that he's locating either of the pitches well enough. And his slider isn't playing well enough for him to really consistently get through guys. So, you know, for me, I mean, I'm looking at his uh, right now, what I've seen of him as a relief prospect, I like. I would like to see him kind of take a step forward, and I don't think that they're going to move him off immediately, but right now it hasn't been the greatest sign. Tanner Gordon uh, is a guy that I think we need to start looking a little closer. I mean, he's older for the level by all means, and he's not a guy that I think any of us are going to be like blown away by, but when you're striking guys out the way he's striking guys out right now, I mean, he has – if I remember correctly, he has the best fielding independent pitching like in the entirety of minor league baseball right now. Like he's been completely insane, and I, I we kind of need to take a few more looks at. Him. He's a guy we kind of rode off a little bit, but we do need to take a little bit more of a longer look at him. I do want to take a longer look at him. 
Oh, it's still not a guy. I mean, given his age, I still want to see him at double A before I make any sort of conclusion, but he, he's worth kind of looking at at this point. Yeah, I mean, the fastball's legit, you know, it's mid-90s stuff, and just guys clearly cannot time him up. Uh, there's a certain amount of deception to his delivery. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm really interested in kind of how Gordon keeps going and how the Braves treat him. Uh, I will not be surprised if the Braves just make the decision to move Dodd to relief relatively quickly. It just seems like he's the guy that is just going to do better with, without having guys get multiple looks at him. Just the... The locations and the kind of the approach the second, third time through the order just doesn't let itself to a whole lot of confidence. And again, if he's, you know, if he, if if you get a senior sign for $125,000 that is a good reliever, like you take that 10 times out of 10 anyway. So, you know, maybe given that he's kind of an older guy and a senior sign, they kind of make that decision a little bit more quickly and maybe see where they can move him up and see what he does at double A. I, I could see that happening. Uh, I, I like what I saw from Hoffman. Another guy that you didn't mention that I do want to kind of spend a little bit of time on uh, is Tyler Tolvey. Uh, that guy is can really hit. And I wish that he wasn't sharing as much time behind the plate with uh, Javier Valdez because I, I and it's not, and it's not a knock on Valdez because he's been pretty good too, but Tolvi has a ton of power in that bat. He's hitting for average. He's <laughs> somehow has hit, I think it's three triples this year. It's either two or three, uh, which, you know, he's a pretty, a, a longer, a longer leg catcher than normal, but he's still not a guy that would be picking to hit a bunch of triples, but he hits, just hits the absolute crap out of the ball. Um, and is, and, and calls good games and does a pretty good job behind the plate too. Uh, again, for a guy that is kind of a later round pick and, you know, we didn't have super high aspirations for. Uh, he got my attention when I, when I first went to Rome and I saw a batting practice and he was just putting on a clinic, hitting balls over the fence just to all fields. And he can continue to do that, what he's doing in, in Rome right now. He's putting up real numbers down there. So another guy that I kind of want to make sure we're keeping an eye on too. Again, for right now, we maybe he's looking at, if we're talking about a top 30 list, you look at him towards the back end of a top 30. But he is much more interesting than I certainly thought he was going to be coming into the season and he's been very very good so that leaves us with Augusta which continues to um <laughs> I don't know what kind of curses on that team where it just seems like the the worst base I mean I understand that it's low a and that's you know the the rawest of the raw but I mean there are so many games that are just really hard to watch it's just like a ton of walks and like you know one team gets a, a basis clearing double or something and that's just what the whole game is uh but you know bit tough to watch at times but at the same time, we have seen some good pitching down there and a couple guys who have been actually performing reasonably well at the plate as well. So talk to us a little bit about the Green Jackets. Yeah, so it's been a mixed bag on offense. Uh Guys that we kind of expected to struggle have struggled in Caden Martin and Mackay Backstrom. They're just not hitting the ball. Uh, there's a lot of strikeouts there, and that's – it's been a – Struggle for that part of the order. Yeah, um, the, 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 the uh, at least, at least Makai yeah. will draw walks sometimes. Yeah, he's been more really bad last couple of games. Well, I mean, Morton, Morton has walks. like struck out Morton like half walks. the time. Yeah, yeah, he struck out like half the time. Morton has a very good feel for the zone. He just uh doesn't know how to hit the ball when it's in the zone, and that's you know the problem with Morton is he is every single tool other than the hit tool is fantastic. The problem is he can't hit fastballs in the zone, and if you can't do that, I mean, until he can do that. That's just not a prospect. Like you, if you cannot hit, if a low A hit pitcher can challenge you in the zone and you can't hit it, that's a problem. That's a really big problem. The guy that is struggling that is surprising to me is Cal Conley. He started yeah, out really hot this year. Start. Just has not hit lately, and I'm really 
I thought that this was going to be a guy that was going to like earn his way up to like double A this year, and he is just not hit. And I know the organization likes him. I, I'm really surprised by it. He plays good defense, but I mean, I really just expected him to hit, and he has not. Um, oh, we skipped the IL guys. I'm sorry. We have a lot of injured guys to go through right here. Uh, Chris England, a reliever that I really, really like. Uh, he's yeah, on the seven day IL. We're not really sure why. I, he's a, talented guy you know luckily it's you know not a long-term il stint so hopefully he's not on it for more than a couple weeks and he comes back sometimes this happens you know hopefully this is just one of those early season things happen guys stiffen up you know because they're not fully into baseball shape yet i like england i am very excited to see him back uh adam shoemaker left after three pitches last week it kind of looked to me like he was fiddling around with his hands like he had a blister, but we don't really know. Uh, he's on the seven-day IL. It didn't. He was not in, like, any sort of severe pain, so I'm not, like, particularly concerned there. He's a guy that really was not ready for the level anyways, so uh, whatever. Uh, the guy that neither of us uh, – we both missed this. Jared Johnson is on the 60-day IL, which is more concerning because that that's a sign that he – is dealing with something pretty major. Uh, we don't know what it is, but unfortunately, seeing guys on the six day IL kind of, uh, makes our stomach turn a little bit, especially pitchers, because there is no clue what's going to come back after that, uh, after that happens. And there's no, we really just don't know what the deal is there. Um, so, and good news, cause, uh, that's a bit of a bummer on all three cases. Uh, Brandon Mosquito has hit very well. Um, I'm higher on him, I think, than most of the guys in the system. I like the raw power there. And then most of the guys, you know, in the battery power crew, I like the raw power there. Uh, he does not do a very good job of tapping into it with his swing right now. But there's a lot of pop there when he makes contact. He's a very athletic hitter. He has a good feel for the strike zone. He just swings and misses a bit too much and doesn't – you know, he has a weird swing that I think that they really need to work on. But overall, there's definitely talent there. He's a guy that we need to keep our eye on, and he's hit extremely well. He he's had a lot of bad ball luck because it's low A, and those guys cannot play defense to save their lives. Um, and he's but he has like a 140 WRC plus or something like that. He he's done very very well for himself. He's not a guy that's going to get promoted this year. He's just a little bit too raw at this point, but he has done well for himself. He's a guy that we all need to keep our eye on, and. You know, keep an eye on that guy in the box score because he's done very well. Caleb Durbin, though, has been really the star of that offense. I mean, <laughs> yep, he, he is. Sure has. Uh, he doesn't strike out. He walks. He puts the ball in play a lot. The pride of Washington University from St. Louis, I think. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like some like he's a division school. Yeah, Division three. Um, it just I, he hits the ball. Uh, he's a guy that needs to be. You know, it's another guy that there's a lot of infielders at the, you know, uh, high level. Um, a guy that I could see actually going up from the high level to make room for him is Cody Milligan. Milligan's done fairly well for him this year. He's a bit of an older player. I mean, he hasn't done great, but he's a guy that I could see in double A in some role. Um, but they kind of probably need to make room for Durbin soon because he's hitting very well at the low A level. And with those college, those older college guys, there's just even a division three guy. You just can't really tell too much from him at low A. Um, the pitching side, um, AJ Smith Shaver had a much better outing. He had been struggling quite a bit, you know, in his last few outings. He had a much better outing. The command was just better than it had been. He was hitting his corners a little bit better. Uh, it kind of went away towards the end of the start, which we expect with him, but he was striking guys out and 
Smith Shower overall, I've liked what I've seen from him this year. He's definitely a raw guy. He's definitely going to take time, but where he is right now, I think is a move is a move in the right direction, and I'm excited to see what he does going forward. But I mean, the guy down there is Roy Brasilinas, and I I don't know why he's there anymore. Yeah, I just don't. He's I don't. Guy that doesn't belong if down he's there. he should not make his next. There's no reason he should make his next start at low A. He has like. He's striking out like 55% of his batters. He has 21 strikeouts in nine innings last week. He's just, it's an embarrassment to have him down there because he makes the, he just dominates the other team. They don't have really much of a chance. Salinas, again, is a guy that I want to see a higher level, but he's just too good to be at low A right now. He's way, 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 way too good to be at low A. Yeah, so I want to pump the brakes a little bit on Salinas just because the numbers have been very gaudy. I don't think that that will hold up over the court, like, as he goes up in levels, obviously. Uh, I do have some concerns, too, that just the deliveries, there's a lot of effort. There's a lot of arm in, in, in that delivery. Just not his lower body isn't involved enough, and it just makes me worry that that, like, that, that, arm, that elbow is just going to explode at some point. Yeah, I agree. But, but, it is hard to ignore that in 23.2 innings this year, he struck out 52 batters. Those are big-time numbers, and that is not a guy that belongs in Augusta. I, I do think that there's uh, some sort of changes coming. I mean, whether or not that's, you know, Dodd getting moved to relief, you know, a couple of these other guys in, at Rome either moved to relief or moved up or moved down, you know, guys going on the IL. I think that there's going to be some roster shuffling happening, and he's going to be one of the first guys, I think, uh, that will get the get bumped up, but I mean he like the numbers he's putting up are genuinely silly. And I, I he, he there's not he had one outing where his command wasn't particularly great, and he still struck out like seven or eight batters in five innings. The rest he's just been you know just annihilating these poor guys. So I'm again we're, we we like Salinas. I do I do want I cannot stress to you that he is a one case where if you look at the line. He's not let, like he's not the next coming of like you know Randy Johnson, right? Uh, I think that there's reason to be a little bit concerned there because again, I think there's a lot of effort in the delivery, and I don't think the stuff is so good that he's just going to strike out everybody, and we're going to have like you know a top ten prospect on our hands. I don't think, uh, but you know weirder things have happened. Uh, I, I do like what Caleb Durbin's doing. He's a fun story. He, like barely struck out at all when he was in college, and you know he doesn't strike out much as a pro either. As it turns out, and he's doing really he's doing really well. Well, uh, either out of the leadoff spot or at the very bottom of the lineup whenever they play him, uh, he just constantly gets on base. He's constantly just terrorizing opposing pitchers. Just he's a really tough out. Uh, and I, I'm coming around on Brendel Mosquito. I do not think that he has the same level of power that you do per se. Um, but I do like the hit tool and for what, what this offense is needed for Augusta is just a guy who's like reasonably consistent in terms of like, you know, hitting singles and doubles. And that is one thing that he will do. Uh, he, he is a guy that he will contribute something almost every game, uh, which is not the case for a big chunk of this Augusta lineup. Um, and I was really happy to see what, uh, what we saw from AJ Smith Schaffer. He really does miss like both glove and arm side. Once he starts getting tired, the ball kind of runs away from him, but it seemed like he had a, Bigger, uh, a better handle on that this go around. And, you know, the, the, the action that he gets at the top of the zone, I understand why the Braves like him a lot. And, you know, again, that's, this is the prep arm. He, you, they can take their time with him, but that's a big time arm hitting, you know, mid nineties, touching 97, 98 at the top of the zone as a starter, kind of finding his own ways, 
command wise. I, I think that he could be something. He could be really, really good. Uh, but again, just take their time with him and just give him lots of coaching. Hopefully that he can kind of continue to make those steps forward in his command because he's a really, uh, he could be a really special arm. Well, Garrett, is there anything else you want to share with folks before we let him go? No, I think we're good. I think we run, uh, pretty long. So I think they got, uh, more than enough information from us today. <laughs> Yeah, we ran a little bit longer than we intended, but that's just the way things go sometimes. Uh, just so everyone is aware, we are going to be starting, uh, easing into our pre-draft coverage here over at Battery Power. Uh, and it's gonna be kind of, you know, primer type stuff and just kind of, you know, looking at the mock drafts. I, I will tell you that mock drafts this early, no one knows anything. There's, it's absolutely true. The teams are like, they, they might have a dozen guys that they're looking at for any, any given pick other than like the top three, two or three picks. So when you're looking at these mock drafts, like take them with a lot of grain of salt. Someone like a lot of times it's an agent trying to place a guy there. Sometimes it's, you know, they, sometimes they just don't have any information. So they're just kind of going based on where their personal rankings are for a given site. Don't, don't read too much into those. Uh, unless you hear something like, you know, we know like something along the lines of like, we know that the, Braves or the Mets or whoever are talking to this guy and that this is their guy. Uh, and even then there's just so much that can happen in a draft, particularly this draft, uh, where there's going to be a, a lot of injured arms and a lot of things are kind of, I could, I expect to see a certain amount of, um, uh, bonus pool chicanery that's going to be trying to be happening with those guys. So don't, don't read too much into early mock drafts, but we are going to be covering those. We're going to be doing some primer stuff leading into that kind of that month six weeks before the draft where we're going to be cranking out, you know, targets for day one, the the, the first few picks as well as day two and three, three uh, kind of doing round table type stuff, kind of get, gearing up more and more for that uh, because the Braves have an extra pick. They have the 20th overall pick and the, you know, this is going to be a pretty important Braves draft for the Braves and, you know, we'll see what kind of how this draft class shakes out. So keep an eye out for that on the site. If you want to make sure you never miss a single episode of this, of road to Atlanta, make sure you subscribe to the battery power podcast feed. We're on Google play, iTunes, Spotify, whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is, we are on it. All you need to do is search that, and you'll get this podcast. You'll get the Battery Power Flagship Show, hosted by the great Brad Roland, sometimes uh, co-hosted by myself, sometimes co-hosted by Scott Coleman. And you'll also get the Daily Hammer, hosted by Sean Coleman, who does a great job with our kind of our daily update podcast to kind of let you know what's going on in the previous night's games. Thank you all so much for all the support on the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you on the road. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Property Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.